welcome to the Free Mind Podcast with Seth and Nerva Reddy. I'm Stephen Robles, and this is episode three of the podcast. And today we're going to be talking about and recapping Seth's message. He spoke at the Crossing Church on the first Wednesday in January 2019. And we're going to be talking about the message and uh, how it went. So welcome, you guys. Seth Good to be God. here. Um, great intro, except for you said episode three while we're actually on episode four there, brother. My God, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to leave that in. This is episode four. It's episode four. So, uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, I, I the other night I ended up getting up there to speak and I saw that we had about uh, 30 minutes to get through it. And I had probably about an hour and a half worth of material, which is always my problem. <laughs> well, when you, when you started preaching... It was about 10 minutes in. I saw you on that first page to right. like five pages. I was like, mm-hmm. I right, think it was right. seven pages, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually. I so you, right. you knew I was in trouble. And so uh, I promised the saints we'd do like a, a little right. recap, kind of fill in the gaps and, um, you know, just talk through it. And I also wanted to kind of hear from you guys' perspective as people sitting out there. Um, but yeah, you know, a couple months ago, I think I talked about this in episode one. But a couple months ago, man, I really felt like God had, you know, I always try to... I, I'm kind of, I got this from a uh, JP Moreland, but he talks about when he hears from God, he's like, you know, 90, 10 or 80, 20, right. 70, 30, <laughs> um, you know, cause you, you just, you know, you don't want to be one of those people that says, you know, gets up and says, uh, well, for instance, one time there's this ur- urban legend in our churches, but it actually did really did happen. This guy said, uh, he got up and said, thus saith the Lord, you know, he's given one yeah, of those yeah, things yeah. in church and he said, just as, uh, what did he say? Just as Abraham hath led the children out of Egypt. And, you know, he went on and on. <laughs> and then he got, up, he got up again, true story. He said, thus saith the Lord, I hath made a mistake. <laughs> for it was Moses that led. <laughs> so I try, to, I try to avoid uh, making thus right. saith the Lord, right. I have made a mistake moments. But I, I, I felt strong enough to say, like, it felt like an 80-20 moment. Like, this is God. Mm that he was telling me to to start speaking out this next year, man, and on these, on these tough topics. And I was like, okay, Lord, if, if it is you, uh, speak to my wife, let her know. Cause that's a good <laughs> test. Um, indeed. cause I know she don't want to do that either. What were you going to say that? I said, indeed. Right. I was like, Lord, let her know. Cause by me doing it, I'm pulling her into it as well. Right. And right now, you know, uh, sociologists have called it an argument culture that we live in mm. and people love to jump to the, you know, the worst possible conclusion they can immediately about you when you say something they disagree with. Yeah. So I knew just by jumping in this stuff, it was going to pull her in. So I said, Lord, would you show Nerva? And I think it was the day after that you test us about texted us about doing the first Wednesday service mm. uh, at the crossing. And um, I think I had mentioned to her right before that, just, you know, pray about this, you know, see how you think. And she took that text as what you said. This kind of shows like, yeah, the timing of it was, was confirmation. Yeah. It was like, it was, it was like right during the conversation we were having about it. And so again, you know, it's not, it's not an infallible thing and you can't always, always judge it by that. But it, but it was just, there was like kind of signposts pointing in a particular Mm -hmm. direction. Right. And, um, so I said, okay, God, I'm going to, instead of doing this new music we're working on for the new album, I think this is going to be the first night that I kind of step out and and lean Mm. into some of these difficult topics. So man, I I really wrestled this stuff down to the ground for the next two months. And as it got closer, I was like, I was feeling strong. And and there's a quote I shared last night uh, from Billy Graham. And it just, it was, it, it was real simple, but it said, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. And I wasn't that brave man, like I was, but I was listening to other people that God was raising up, um, just different people on YouTube, different people on social media, and many people were getting, beginning to speak, man, truth, even when it cost them. Mm. And it was, and it was helping my spine to stiffen up. And so, going into Wednesday night, I was like, okay, I'm, uh, this is going to be good, Lord. I, I feel strong. Well, had worship. I felt like God visited us. It was great. Yeah. Went a little long, so I got up there and I was like, oh snap. <laughs> How am I going to do this? But then something did happen. Honestly, when I when I stood up there in front of everybody, I got that cold chill. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I started looking at my notes and like how abrasive some of it was, and I was right. like, oh man, I don't know if I could do this. Like, but I was like, I I got nothing else. I don't have a right. band up here. I, I was like, man, if I could get them back up here, we'll just sing some more. <laughs> but I really felt like, okay, I just got to jump in. Um, so as I began sharing, it was like I started like a little bit timid, but as I was going, I could feel, I could feel God's strength in me. I could feel like a spirit of boldness coming on me. And afterwards, mm-hmm. one of the pastors told me, uh, Pastor Hector there, he was like, man, I was praying for you the whole time. 
Wow. And I was like, thanks, man, because, you know, we needed it and we need it. But, you know, I felt like God strengthened me to 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 kind of speak what I was supposed to. I, unfortunately, I had, like I said, I had seven pages of notes and probably got to share like <laughs> half a page. So we can, you know, jump into some more of those details today. Um, but if 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 anybody's listening, we'd love for you to check out the message. We're going to have mm-hmm. it below in the show notes. And um, yeah, man, uh, go check it out and see what you think. Then come back to this podcast too and listen to the recap. But uh, could you guys tell? Like, did it feel like it, there was a progression during the the night, or did it seem like I was cool as a cucumber? <laughs> no, it's, it's probably double fold for me because I live with you and I watch you study and I I I know how much you love truth. So watching you share from your heart like that is just kind of more normal for me. But then the people around me for sure was like, well, yeah, uh-huh. You know, just kind of, you can feel um, part of the crowd kind of sinking into it and then other parts of, of the crowd kind of like, you're right, for sure. Yep, this is it. This is where we are. Starting out with that Romans chapter. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah I started with that. I was like, wow, is this <laughs> prophecy? No, Listen, but it was really good. Right, so I started with Romans sure. 1, 18 through 32. Yeah. And whenever you read that passage, it's like lobbing a grenade out into the audience. Yeah, yeah. Sure. That's a cold open. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny. You, you had sent me a version of your notes, and I just looked at it to figure out what to put on the screens, basically. So I didn't yeah. know what the content was going to be. Then you sent me the full notes, and I was like, I didn't even read that until you started preaching. Yeah. And I started scrolling through. I was like, oh, you're going to go in to this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's one of those things that Oz Guinness actually uses this example in his book, uh, Fool's Talk, yeah. where you have to bring people. There's two poles like of a, of a long line. You have a dilemma and distraction. Mm. And the dilemma being that we are fallen and there is sin and we are in trouble and we need Jesus. And there's the distraction side, which you addressed. You talked about, you know, we're all social media, distracted, whatever, not paying attention. And you have to move people from that distracted end to show them that there is a real dilemma. And I Mm. I felt like the first first half of your message, you were really showing them like there is a a serious dilemma. Like this is not like a little issue that'll go away in a few months. Like this is a society moving in the wrong direction. I think once you made it clear of that dilemma, people understood. And when you started telling them what to do to help, you know, change that, change culture, change direction, I feel like they responded. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. I, I'm surprised you can remember that book that well. I've read that book and I, uh, <laughs> thanks for that reminder. That's really good. Yeah. Um, distraction, dilemma. Uh, in essence, man, you know, I, I titled the message kind of like in a, as a joke because I, I think titles of messages are funny sometimes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to give it a little bit, you know, so I said, wake up, uh, train up, speak up, stand up. And I was right. trying, you know, just something that could hook their memory too. But yeah. basically the first half of the message was meant to do exactly that. It was like, okay, we've got to wake up to this reality because many of us have been sleeping. And I've been thinking through cultural issues for a long time, but it wasn't until the last really three months where I began digging in on the legal side of what's going on that I was like, wow, we are really right. potentially and for a rough ride as Christians because of where the laws are going and all these types of things. So the challenge in the wake up was, you know, I didn't want to set everybody's hair on fire and get them to pick up pitchforks and go chasing around people that (laughs) struggled in their sexuality. So it was like, you know, cause in the, in the, you know, recent history of the church, we all know we haven't done the best job of making people feel welcome to struggle um, in really many areas, but especially in the area of like same sex attraction, gender dysphoria, those types of things. So I was really, <clears throat> it was really difficult. I was like, Lord, help me to balance that tension. I want, I want to, I want people to walk out of here loving people, right. but I want them to be strong and courageous against the activism that's driving some of these laws and that many people are trying to push to silence the church. And that, that tension and that is really sometimes hard to get because when you, when you start to hear about what's going on, the initial impulse is anger. Yeah. And it was for me, you're like, man, I want to, you know, you just want to go, you want to shut people up, you want to get them, because in a lot of ways, it's evil. Right. I mean, it is evil, not even in a lot of ways, it's just, it's an it's evil ideologies that are trying to be pushed down. And I think ultimately, I said this earlier in our podcast, but I've heard this from theologians, and I, and I do agree with it, that Satan's primary ways of working, especially in Western civilization, are through ideas and images Ideas being the, the the beliefs and and the way we define words and images are those like pictures and or symbols that we use to capture these big ideas. So right. for a while, you know, 
one of the ideas was um, if you believe in, you know, equality for people, you should believe in equality for marriage. And they had the equal sign in that. Right. Whole. So that's an example of an idea with an image attached to it. And the question is, where does that idea come from? Is that for the flourishing of human beings from God who designed us to function in a certain way? Or is that a, um, a malfunction of an idea that's good? Because mm-hmm. we know love and equal rights is a good idea. But is this a, is this a malformation of that? Right. And those are the types of questions we want to ask when, even when we're doing spiritual warfare. So if you look at um, 2 Corinthians 10, where Paul talks about, you know, we take, the, we take these speculations, we tear down these speculations and um, ideas that are raised up against the knowledge of God. And um, sometimes as Christians, I think we just think Satan works in the realm of like, you know, making people vomit and kind of talk weird and, you know, this right. kind of demon possession. And he does that. That's real too. the Hollywood style. Yeah. yeah the Hollywood so. style, kind of the, the, the major move. But, um, I think the, the strongest thing he can do is to not even show himself, but to get us running according to these ideas that are going through our culture. And so he's, he's really in a sense, there's, um, he has, captivated some of our political leaders and and definitely our universities, Mm. Hollywood media. And he's given us a vision of the, you know, the so-called sexual revolution, giving us a vision of human sexuality. That's actually killing people. It's, 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 it's destroying the foundation of society, which is family as designed Mm. by God. And now they're trying to make it where you can't even say the truth about, um, what actually functions well and what works well. So in that case, you know, we do have to stand, we have to fight for freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And what's odd is many people that aren't even, um, we wouldn't call them, you know, Christians, follower of Jesus, but they're standing strong and and starting to speak out on this stuff. You got your Jordan Petersons and Dennis Prager's and Ben Shapiro and Candace Owen, all these people that are kind of like stepping up and and just going into universities man not not being afraid yeah and you know i just i I could hear god saying man how much more should we as believers be bold like they were in acts to to stand up not for ourselves not for our own rights but for what's good for the common good in this country and what's going to be good for our youth and when i began to read and and i shared some of this in the message the stuff they were teaching in sex education these days and in the schools i was my mind was blown it was even hard it was kind of uncomfortable. I don't know if you guys felt uncomfortable well, you know, as I was reading it in the, the service the other night. You did a good job, too, telling the young people to, to cover their ears. Cause <laughs> yeah, the top, I mean, it, the nature of, of some of the information was very, I mean, intense. And um, But, yeah, and I think you, you mentioned even that there were uh, a, a person in the crowd just crying at the state that we were in, yeah. just weeping. Really? I, I could see this lady as I was telling the stories. Like you said, nervous. Mm-hmm. She was just, like, weeping. Yeah. And she was yeah. holding, like, her... her kid or i don't know if it's who it was but yes. well, it, it was one of those things too you had started going into it and i had your notes so i knew what you were going to talk about yeah and i was like yeah this is going to be serious and then people need to understand what's happening and also the the well what if there are kids in the room and then i remembered my kids are in the room <laughs> <laughs> my nine six and right. two year old were in there because they Sorry. wanted to see you guys and uh my my wife gave my oldest some headphones she's like here listen to this yeah <laughs> like, man. but you had to go in because it it, it's you need to know the specifics. I think people need yeah. to understand like, and to stress that this is a fifth grade now education. Yeah, man. And even when I was growing up in high school, we didn't hear anything close to this, yeah. but also like what it means for a fifth grader to be exposed to these kinds of ideas. It's, and you need to tell them like, these are the ideas. And like, I, I know the gender unicorn, which I don't think you, um, spoke about that night, but that's something that's in uh, California public schools Okay, where the, the gender unicorn, it's um, again, elementary age, and it shows kids all the options that they have for what gender they can identify with yeah. and also what they might be attracted to and is to teach all the options wow. that are yeah. available. And that's a real thing. It exists yeah. in schools today and it's not, you know, trying to say the sky is falling. It's happening. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Reality. <laughs> the sky is falling. No, it has fallen. It yeah. has already fallen. But no, man, I think, I think you're right. When I read this stuff, I, you know, it's one thing. I mean, I still think there's a, there's, I mean, I would still have a point of view on this particular topic, but it's one thing to say, you know, kids, here's, here's where they are in reality. So we need to help them to do something safely or, yeah. but, but what's going on these days is way beyond that. Right. It's actually a normalizing of, 
of the all these approaches so it's an indoctrination right it's no longer it's no longer like you know this is the reality where kids are at we just need to help them to do this in a safe way they're having uh i heard about this the other day where they have a little boy and i this i have to find this on the on the source um so we could put it in the notes or something but you know, they say little Michael, they have him go change in the bathroom, comes back in a dress, and they're like, oh, now this is Michelle, you know, everybody, mm. everybody meet Michelle. And what's happening is these kids are such a young age, it's not only that they're making people who struggle with that feel comfortable, but it's actually contributing to kids' confusion. Right. And, and it's contributing to sexual dysfunction in mm. many cases. And, and isn't this without the parents' knowledge? Oh, yeah, many times. Ta- yeah. Schools? Like, yeah. parents will find out later and then be. I, I read yeah, there about was, it. What was that other video you showed me the other day? It was day? on Instagram. I watched it. A, a parent confronting a teacher. Why did you put my son in a dress? And she, she was just trying to avoid the question, answering, You just go speak to the principal, please. She's like, No, I need to know why. Why did you do this mm. to my son? Why did you put my son in a dress? So. In a way, it's like the 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 wake up call. The uh, it was so intense. The information it it, yeah. it was easy to feel alarmed, but in a way, we did need to feel that way because it was so incredible to hear. Just in case you didn't know that was going on, this is going right. on today. Yeah, and and you know they're they're putting a lot of pressure on the teachers too. There's a there's a YouTube uh, channel I think called Mass Resistance where these teachers mm-hmm. are talking about what's going on with them because they're putting the teachers through this sex education process as well. And they say, if you don't affirm everything we're saying about this stuff, you're going to be in trouble too. Right. Many of them are being fired or disciplined if they right. don't go along with this, with this full fledged uh, forced ideology that, that basically overcomes their freedom of conscience and freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And these are the kinds of things that Peterson, for instance, is. is right. And you gave the example of a teacher who uh, didn't want to refer to a, a boy that is identifying as a girl uh, didn't want to say she. And so try to come up with an alternative solution. Say, can I just call you by your last name? Right. And I don't know if it's the same case, but that also happened in Virginia or North Carolina recently yep. too. Yep. And that teacher was terminated. Yeah. Um, just because, and again, like he said, it was because I'm a Christian. I, I just want to abide by my beliefs, but also I'm, yeah. I'm trying to find a way to accommodate what this child wants. Right. Can we do something? Like, is there a third option? Yeah. And the answer was no. Right. There's no compromise. Yeah, there's no compromise. And that's one of the things as I dove in this in the last two months that I kept getting consistently from the people that are really in the know in this topic. They said, listen, it's uh, at bottom, it's a spiritual battle and there will be no capitulation. Sorry, there will be no um, backing down unless the church capit- capitulates to right. this overall push there because they said um, it's not it's not a matter of even being nice anymore. Like you could be nice, right. but they view, and I didn't get to share this part, but the view of the person who takes, who takes that perspective of, um, they believe in traditional marriage, for instance, mm-hmm. or they believe, you know, that, that sex is, is to be, um, enjoyed and, and it's a gift, a wonderful gift for a married, uh, one man, one woman married. They are looked at, by this group as KKK members or right. members of the Nazi party. Oppressive. And so like, you know, when you think about that, how would you look at a KKK member who was nice? Like you would still see them primarily as a KKK member. Like right. it wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, let's go to, uh, let's go to Jimbo's house. And like, man, but he's like, he's a grand wizard. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, no, but he's really cool. <laughs> you know? So no, like once you, once you put that stamp, on a right. on a people group, you basically write them out of mainstream society. You you silence them. You marginalize them, and that's what I think. At bottom of this, it's a it's a weapon that the enemy has found to try right. to get the church out of the conversation. Because if the church, if we back down, and we and we don't stand up against this, what happens is the kids are, are free prey for the enemy. Wow. Right. And at that point, you can come in and you can shape their minds and mold their minds. And make the and enslave them to passion, enslave them to desire, enslave them to dysfunction. And when you have that, you have destruction as right. a society. And that I think, I don't think all the people involved in this activism are intentionally trying to bring that about. Right. And but I, it doesn't, nevertheless. I also think one one of the arguments that a lot of Christians will use, maybe to uh, in a negative way is they'll say it's a slippery slope that if we allow this, then we'll allow some other craziness down the road. And that may be true or not, but I think we need to say like, actually what's happening right now, we need to deal with that. Not yeah. because it's a slippery slope, but because what's See. happening right now is just as wrong 
in a biblical worldview. For sure, for sure. There's a yeah. There's so many things to be done. I think that leads into like the the second part. So the so the first part was kind of like okay, shock you into the reality. This yeah. is this is what's happening, but I don't want you to get pitchforks. <laughs> right, right. If you if you struggle with these kind of things, you're welcome here. We got to do a better job. That's but that that's that's so true. But the the next thing was okay. Now we need to train up. We need to really understand the issues because right. we've been asleep at the wheel, and that's why I showed that um Wally clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it really captures uh, what what Oz Guinness wrote a book in the '90s called uh, another book called "Fit Bodies, Fat Minds," hmm. and it was I think it was aimed at describing the evangelicals church hmm. move. But and as I would say, he would say it's part of the larger culture as well. And Nerva, you were reading a book. You're still reading a book called "The Closing of the American Mind," and it's about the progression of how we've lost our ability to critically think and it, i don't right, think right. the guy that wrote it was a christian alan bloom but he was a great you know thinker professor philosopher and he he just um he really captures this decline in the in the eventual closing of the american mind so many of us you know inside the church and outside we don't we don't have a good grasp of the issues what the right. problem is how to fix it hmm. so the second point was like here here we go okay now that we're awake let's let's train up let's really dive into understanding um right. basically you know craft a robust christian worldview and then begin to apply it to all these items whether it's politics sexuality right. uh, pop culture whatever it might be and that's why we point them to the resource page which i would point you to if you're listening today mm -hmm. uh, if you want to learn more about um both so we got a section um under the lgbtq um that says it, it lists some books, it lists some YouTube sites. Um, some, I think all of them will teach you about the issues from a biblical perspective, but they'll also give you insight in how to help people that are struggling in these areas. Because again, while we fight the activism on one hand, on the other hand, we got to create safe places where people can really be honest about where they are as they struggle right. and, they, and, and as we all learn how to to take up our cross and follow Christ. So I would definitely recommend that, that resource. And I just found a new one today from Sean McDowell that we're going to put up there. I think it's called a messy grace or something like that. And he mm. said it was a great spot to go to really help people that, that might, you know, family members, friends who are struggling with those types of issues. So that's good. Um, so the next thing, so we talked about wake up, train up, and then we went to, we wanted to go to speak up now. This is one of those things, again, like even when I felt the call to speak up, I knew the first thing I needed to do was not speak up, but I needed to go and read and study. Right, right. And like for everything you say, it's almost better to like spend hours and hours in preparation. Right. And I know, that, you know, that's probably a little bit unrealistic because social media is so fast and, and it kind of rewards the quick, um, the, the jabs. quick angry jabs. Yeah. But yeah. We, we have, I feel like we have to deny that, um, that impulse. Right. If we're going to be salt and light, we just, we can't do it the same way. And so when we speak up, I was trying to communicate the idea that we do it from a place of knowledge, from wisdom. We do it from a place of love. And, and this is hard even for me. Like sometimes when I come across things online, I'm like, man, these people are, they're, they're just, it's such, such lies that they're promoting. I just want to get out there and just shut them right. down. Right. Right. But one of the practices I've been trying to do first is like, okay, I want to pray for that person. Lord, give me eyes for them to so see them, yeah. how you see them. And then that'll give me kind of a better posture to, to address them from. And I, I was reminded of this story that I didn't get to share the other night, but it was talking about the president of Chick-fil-A, Dan mm -hmm. Cathy. So I don't know if you guys remember, but I think it was a few years back when he made some comments on traditional, he held to, you know, traditional marriage yeah, right. is the, is the, is the model that we should stick with. And, you know, people started calling for boycotting Chick-fil-A right. and there's a huge, there was um, a day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A day. And, and yeah. just in general, like some, I don't know if you know, some cities have actually not allowed them to put the stores there where they were supposed to have the stores wow. mm -hmm. um, saying you're not welcome here and that whole deal. Wow. And, um, but actually it's interesting because, uh, he, Dan Cathy actually, after this reached out to one of the, to one of the, um, guys who had really led the national uproar against him. This guy named Shane Wind Windemeyer, uh, he, he, he had organized a national campaign against him and it said, I'm just reading this from a, a book by Stone Street and, um, 
Sean McDowell. He said, Windemeyer revealed their surprising friendship as well as his decision to suspend the national campaign against Chick-fil-A after he attended the Chick-fil-A bowl game as a personal guest of the Kathy family. And he said, they had a conversation, and throughout the conversation, Dan expressed a sincere interest in my life, wanting to get to know me on a personal level. He wanted to know about where I grew up, my faith, my family, even my husband, Tommy. In return, I learned about his wife and kids and gained an appreciation for his devout belief in Jesus Christ and his commitment to being a follower of Christ more than a quote-unquote Christian. Dan expressed regret and genuine sadness when he heard of people being treated unkindly in the name of Chick-fil-A, but he offered no apologies for his genuine beliefs about marriage. This sort of bridge building requires humility. There is too great a difference of a difference in the morality that is demanded by the church and the morality that is seen in the church. Hmm. There are discrepancies in the love and forgiveness we proclaim and the love and forgiveness we portray. Um, and, and, and he just ends, he says, at least we must admit that this is the public perception. Wow. And um, That's way cool. Yeah, that story, you know, <laughs> it's convicting to me. Like, sure. could I do that? You know, as we do this podcast, we know we're going to get... Right some backlash and, and some pushback. Could I be that type of person? I think Kathy and Kathy really represented well what, what we were trying to get with this. Here's how we speak up. We right. stand firm, mm-hmm. but it's not in an angry, accusatory manner. And to really care about the person, you know, to, to really, really right. care yeah. about the well-being. Because that's what spoke to this person. Sure. You know, was that was a great witness. Wanting to know about him. And, you know, I think one of the things you said when you were preaching was we do have to work so hard as to outthink those who are coming against us. Right. And I think at least those of us who grew up in church may feel like, well, why is that a part of it? Like it should, if we have enough faith or if God is really going to move with this person, like it should just happen. Right. But I'll refer back to episode one of this show, you know, where we talk about love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind. Yeah. And for lack of knowledge, that's why we, um, uh, I forgot what the verse is. Yeah. Why we perish. (laughs) Why we perish perish for lack of knowledge. But, um, but I think that was powerful. And, And, that Oz Guinness book again, Fool's Talk, it's based, the whole premise is recovering the art of Christian persuasion. Right. And persuasion almost feels like a dirty word when it comes to speaking about Jesus Christ, but it is a reality that yeah. we do have to be persuasive. And I think in this instance, Dan Cathy was persuasive because he cared. Yeah. And it wasn't a um, wrong motive or manipulative. It wasn't right. manipulation. It was he actually cared, and that itself was persuasive to this yeah. person. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like you said, that heart and mind element together and i you know i i I think with the even with the second corinthians 10 passage Mm. um i can't remember if i said this in this podcast or on the instagram live thing but if i did i'll say it again brother hey um but you know if 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 the enemy is working through ideas you know how do we how do we combat that as a as one form of spiritual warfare and it's not by shouting at the idea or getting angry at the idea or even like you know it's going to require praying against the idea for sure, but but ultimately it's going to require exposing the fallacy of the idea. Right. And that requires thinking and that requires study and knowledge and understanding of the areas. And so one form of spiritual warfare is actually to pick the thing apart. But when you pick it apart and you're going to engage in confronting, it's going to be a confrontational thing. When you do right. that, you have to do it in the context of love. Yeah. And they don't always turn out this well, like this one we right. did with Kathy where they friendship you know sometimes it doesn't happen like that um but that is a beautiful story that reminds us of what can happen Mm. a lot of times like you said in one of the last episodes is you know answering a question with a question not only opens up a person's presuppositions but also is this person even open to listening to anything and if the answer is no like if this person is just trying to be argumentative or is really just trying to shout you down like there is there might not be a benefit to spending energy right then in that person like you can still care for that person you still love that person but don't try to outthink or persuade or anything like just just love in that moment and don't try to fight back that's true that takes wisdom to recognize when you know because somebody maybe you know the proverbs talks about a fool hates rebuke and doesn't want to be taught and want to be disciplined and so that that too is is it takes a wisdom kind of being led by the spirit but i guess i'm hearing you say that just taking the time to study can be a strong form of spiritual warfare, just really developing the Christian mind, the Christian worldview. And that in and of itself is, is the stance you take against these ideologies in the world. Yeah. 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 You know, exactly. Baby. I think, 
you know, to, to engage the idea systems you have to, and, and, you know, the apostle Paul was so good at that mm-hmm. when it's he true. went in the book of Acts, man, he would go in the temple. He would reason with the Jews from the scriptures. He understood that that was a common place where they could talk from. But when he went on, you know, Mars Hill, he, he looked at what they were, you know, their statues and he began to appeal to that and things they could initially agree on to draw this overall, say this unknown God that you guys are looking at, here's the real God and here's what he's like. And he sent, you know, mm-hmm. sent his son, he died on the cross, even though that really offended them, they couldn't get that at all. But he still started from a place he understood, he, he understood their pagan authors and even right. quoted them to use that to build a bridge at times. And hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's going to be part of what we engage in in spiritual warfare in this culture. I know, and, and I'm even thinking about some friends you have that you're, you know, in dialogue with that, that aren't believers. Yeah. And that you have to um, reach them where they are. So you have to know yeah. stuff, but you also have to know when to say what you know. Ooh, and there's a, there's, that's why people call, yeah. talk. And we'll, we need to probably do a podcast about this in a, in a little bit, but just about the art and science of apologetics. Cause it's not just a science. It's not right. just wow. about being, you know, Freddie fact finder, but <laughs> it's about, it's about understanding being in a relationship with people because people come to Christ many different ways. It usually involves all elements at some point right. it's, you know, they have questions at some point it's hurts at some point it's just them reaching out for a transcendence. Um, mm. But if we come fully equipped as ambassadors, we can kind of meet those needs as mm. they come, whatever area they come from. Mm. And that, you know, and that, that is one part of what I wanted to capture in this message is like, man, let's, let's not forget the love element. Let's not forget the personal touch. But in 2019, man, I feel like there's this call to like, as the church to mobilize and stand strong against these forces that are coming that, yeah, there's people involved in them, but there's, there's these ideologies that are pushing. We have to stand against those in strength. And um, I was encouraged. I know we don't have much time left in this, but I want to talk a little bit through this and get you guys to to, to weigh in on this too. But the day before I was going to preach this message, um, Dr. Michael Brown, who I have a lot, a lot of respect for him, and um, he wrote an article in the stream called Speak Up and Speak Out in 2019. So <laughs> I saw that uh, title and I was like, yes, yes, maybe mm. this will give me even more courage going into tomorrow. But I'm, let me just start at the top of this. He said, may I propose a New Year's re- resolution for 2019? Let's determine to speak up and to speak out, to raise our voices with clarity and compassion, to refuse to hold back regardless of cost or consequence. Will you join me? He said, to those of you who are already doing this, I encourage you to continue to stand strong. To those who are not, now is most certainly the time. What are you waiting for? One of the most important principles taught by Jesus was that if we try to save our lives, we lose them. Mm. But if we lose our lives for him, for the gospel, we find them. To apply this concept to our contemporary situation, if we try to avoid controversy and conflict so as to preserve our presence on social media platforms, Mm. we lose our souls in the process. And I'm going to pause there for a second. So I don't know how you felt, babe, but like, you know, especially as artists. Yeah. Part of it is you don't want to rock the boat. You know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to build followers so you can get people to, to you know, hopefully bring you in for concerts. You know, you're, you're trying to make people feel good. Yeah. But you, you know, we begin to feel that call. Like this is just the, the times we're living in. We have to sort of lay that down. Not only that, it, it's, it's feeling like eventually that battle and those ideals will come directly to your doorstep or to where you right. are because there's no hiding. There's no evading it that especially after watching Lauren Daigle be interviewed I mean we're living in a time where you will be asked what do you believe and why and you're gonna have to articulate it and there's no hiding anymore you're either for them or against or where do you stand it it feels like we're living in those times and when you hear that babe just like does that make you feel like oh like what has that I think you're more courageous than me naturally you know what I I I don't have the knowledge that you have. You've spent your life studying this stuff, so I'm, I'm more new to it. I have the desire to engage, but, you know, it sometimes can be overwhelming. Where do you start to develop your Christian worldview? Do you, uh, what subject, what's your passion? Yeah. And so it's, it takes some soul searching because there's yeah. so, much so much going on. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's more, okay, where, where does my passion lie? But 
kind of walking you, with you, watching you step into this, it's been, it's been riveting. And so I, I, I'm just excited to watch. I was so proud of you when you went, because it's huge. Because you do feel comfortable. You don't want to rock the boat. You don't right. want to, you yeah. know, you can tell, like, even when you post something, a particular thing, you might gain or lose followers yeah. just on that. But you yeah, know man. what? God is not calling us to, for that purpose, yeah. to build our careers. Yeah. And, and what does it profit a man to, yeah. you know, mm. that whole scripture. But so, yeah, it's not exciting, but it, it's a rather be on the side of God and stand for what he has told us to stand for than to hide and be cowardice and then still in the end not express what mm. my passion is and my value is. No, that's great. I think, um, and I feel like God's calling many people to that right now, sure. like artists, pastors, sure. um, Christian mm -hmm. leaders. I don't know if you sense that, Stephen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I'm seeing like more and more people saying, man, we've got, okay, not, not that it's necessarily bad to work for followers and do all that stuff, but they're like, that's not even got to, that that's can't even be end. in our radar right now. Right. And um, I think he's dead on with this. So he goes on, he says, we become compromisers, fears of man rather than fears of God. We are no longer guided by conviction. We are guided by convenience. We survive, but we do not thrive. If we speak what is right and do what is right and live what is right, we might lose a lot in the process, but we will find our souls. We become alive. And in essence, that's what the, the Moreland quote that I shared last night, he said, even for our churches, and, and I love... Just the last two, uh, let's see if I can pull that up real quick. The last two lines of this long quote. And you, again, if you go back to the message, you'll hear the, the full thing. But he says, um, if a church basically appeals to empty selves, and um, we define empty selves in the message, but people who are inordinately narcissistic, individualistic, they're just, mm -hmm. you know, we're caught up in our screens and all that kind of stuff right. and building followers. Uh, such a church that appeals to them will become impotent to stand against the powerful forces of secularism that threaten to bury Christian ideas under a veneer of soulless pluralism mm. and misguided scientism. But here's the important part. He says, in such a context, the church will be, that will be tempted to measure her success largely in terms of numbers, numbers achieved by cultural accommodation to empty selves. And he said, in this way, the church will become her own grave digger, her means of short-term quote-unquote success will turn out to be the very thing that marginalizes her in the long run. Mm. And I think this, this applies for us as well as artists, the CCM industry. We cannot, as hard as it is, we cannot make money. We cannot make um, numbers, sales, and all that stuff be our, be our definition of success right. right now. Because if you do... The only the only way to ensure that is to you begin to appeal to a culture of empty selves who are themselves lost many times and that's good mm. makes me sad but true <laughs> no I'm kidding no that's really good yeah you know and you you've seen that people I, I've I've had the privilege of working with um, Christian artists as a backup singer and um, not naming any names at all but I I can tell that. Even the success, quote unquote, of it all doesn't really fulfill the soul because mm. you'll see someone with songs on the charts and doing very well, seemingly. But there's still something lacking and, and there's a lack of joy. And so what's that quote you aim for? The world you, you'll lose. But if you aim for heaven, you'll get yeah. heaven and some of the world. But just aiming for the world, yeah, you get worldly success, you <laughs> yeah. get neither. So it's just very true. And um, yeah, so that's just, you know, that's that's what began to. To hit us, and I'm just going to skip down to the end of this article, where he it just says, "Will will we speak?" And this is a charge to all our listeners today, mm. too, man. Like, and I would say the same thing. I want you guys let let's wake up, let's train up, let's speak up, let's stand up. And then this is what uh, Brown ends with. He says, "So what will we do? Will we continue to retreat in order to avoid conflict, thereby muting our own voices?" Mm -hmm. or will we speak the truth in love as compassionate as we are bold as Christ-like as we are firm as wise as we are unwavering if not now then when mm -hmm. if not you and me then who let's make this our resolution in 2019 I will not hold back for fear of consequences I will speak up and speak out as the, as the occasion demands I will love my neighbor by speaking the truth. Are you in? Mm. 
Love it. Yeah, it's it's um and you know, there's there's hope, man. I tried to end on a hopeful night last night. I was surprised when I read about the second great awakening because I didn't realize that things had gotten so bad in the church. Um in the I learned that in the around the time of the um sorry, the initial revolutionary war when America went to war with Great Britain. At the time, the churches were, you know, 50% of the people were attending church, and mm. society in a lot of ways was, you know, was relatively strong and, you know, good morals. But I think it was by 1796, so like maybe 20 something years later, they said the, the overall situation seemed so hopeless that a friend wrote to George Washington near the end of his two terms as president and said, Our affairs seem to lead to some crisis, some revolution, something that I cannot foresee or conjecture. I'm more uneasy now than during the war. <laughs> and Washington replied, your sentiment accords with mine. And he, with mine. And he said, what will be is beyond my foresight. And one church, uh, it was a judge at the time, he said, the church is too far gone ever to be redeemed. Wow. And the, <laughs> right? And, the, <laughs> and this is uh, 17, you know, 1790s. And I think it had de declined to like 5% of people attending church. They said out of the 5 million citizens at the time, 300,000 were drunkards. Increased sexual immorality multiplied the number of illegitimate births and births and huh. sexually transmitted diseases. Bank robberies, they said, were a daily occurrence. Dueling, I don't know if you <laughs> wow. remember that. That's when, yeah, yeah. Like you shoot the person, makes you Ten mad. Ten paces. Yeah, man. <laughs> they said dueling had become a, a great national sin with the exception of a small section of the Union. The whole land was deeply stained with blood. Wow. And right after that, you know, shortly after that, the, the, uh, they said the early 1800s, the Second Great Awakening, um, it burst the, the U.S. into flames. It said, both in the apathetic, skeptical East and in the lawless, godless West, wow. the preaching of the law of God awakened people's consciences, consciences, laid upon them an unrelenting conviction of sin and terrified them with the realities of judgment and eternal punishment. Such preaching, followed by the application of the gospel of Jesus Christ, resulted in the conversion of hundreds of thousands in the early decades of the 19th century. The wind of God's spirit blew almost everywhere. New congregations began dotting the churchless Western landscape. Bible preaching churches back East were filled again. Christians hungered for the teaching of God's word and holy living became their passion. They delighted in prayer meetings and worship services. Um, but it was not just the church buildings that were filled. The society was impacted positively as well. And many claiming that it was this revival movement that tamed the wild West. <laughs> and so, amazing. isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. So that gives us yeah. hope, you know, like we often think, man, this is the worst it's ever been, but and right. it's been worse in other places. It's maybe even been worse here at one time. And, right. and we have the opportunity through standing up against these ideologies and also praying and working for, an awakening in our churches, awakening of the love of God, the love of the word of God, um, true worship through these elements, man. We, you know, we just never know what God's going to do in the zigzags of providence. Do you think like, do you, do you wonder if like, um, we're complacent because we don't know how bad it is. We're shy to speak up. Or do you feel that it's sort of like we're distracted? Like I'm thinking of when the Romans was about to fall, the Roman Empire was about to fall, and everybody right. was heading were, to the Coliseum. The, the old joke, they were playing right. uh, checkers while the barbarians yeah. were at the gate, or chess. Mm. You think, because when I, when I heard you talk, and it just really lay out how, what the times we were living in, yeah. I could feel the surprise, as well yeah. as the, yeah, you're right, this is it. So I really think it's all those, um, and more. Like, you know, there's so many causes, but I think you're right, just the distraction is one huge thing that keeps us from being aware. Sure. sure, sure and I know for me, man, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lover of the Netflix binge, like the next guy. <laughs> I mean, I can literally, I could probably like watch an eight, eight uh, season series in like three days if I, if I let myself. And there's just, and there's like this ongoing list of the next mm -hmm. thing to watch the next thing to list to. Right. And you could just get on and mindlessly scroll on social sure. media for days. And, right. you know, there's work. There's all these things. Kids, there's all these things going on. So we're not – the stuff I brought up last night, of course, the mainstream media isn't going to present this stuff typically. Um, 
at least not in a, in a way that's going to highlight any negative aspect about it. Yeah. Um, right. And so we're not going to get it from there. We're not going to, you know, depending on who you follow on social media, you might see some people posting about this stuff. But yeah, I think there's a, there's a general lack of awareness. There's an apathy. You know, he mm-hmm. talked about mm-hmm. the Eastern skeptical, apathetic approach that was there in the, in the um, late 18th century. Um, you know, there is, there is a lot of apathy right now. I think it, and I talk about the empty selves and sure. how that's impacted yeah. the church, but many of us have yeah. kind of catered to being narcissistic as well. And we're, you know, I'm, you know, the thing, some of the biggest booksellers in church are, you know, what can, my, you know, what can make my best life now? And mm. how can I, you know, and it, it's still, it's still catered toward a, an inordinately individualistic approach to life where it's like, about me, even worship, you know, when you think about it and we could have a whole nother discussion on that, but like, you know, when you look at the songs that are big in worship and I won't mention what they are, some of them are great songs, but it's just, if that's your, your main diet, Mm -hmm. it, it tends to be songs that are are more about us and how we feel and how God feels toward us and these types of things. Um, and we just, I think we lose our awareness that we're part of the army of God and we're, we're Mm -hmm. soldiers in his kingdom. And in the key in the Bible's about his kingdom first, not about my kingdom. Hmm. And I think yeah. just that orientation difference mixed yeah. with the distraction, mixed with yeah. just the water we swim in. Like sure. you have to really, right. you have to really have an awakening, that red pill that's moment good. to come, yeah, <laughs> come out of the good. matrix, you know? That's good. I was thinking of, um, you know, Batman begins. <laughs> There's that scene where, uh, Ra's al Ghul is talking to a Batman and he's like, you know, we destroyed this civilization in this way. We destroyed this one this way. Mm-hmm. And now we're destroying Gotham uh, with economics. You know, there was always a method. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you look at today, um, I think it, distraction is a huge thing. And, and the perversion, like you were saying before, a twistedness of what is good and what is right. Yeah. And uh, Ravi Zacharias talks about the spirit of the age in a way of, you know, it's as if you were to look at it, to look at milk and like just to say oh, that's a secretion of a cow and it's disgusting and yeah. we should never have a part of it it's like no actually that is actually meant for our nourishment and the spirit of the age comes and it twists those things that are meant for our good and meant for our mm. prospering and making them seem as though they're disgusting and evil and doing the opposite taking what is evil and making it look like it's for our benefit and so that that idea of slight perversion i think even internally within the church like progressive christian movement yeah it is taking those things and twisting them ever so slightly and slowly yeah. to where we're becoming so far removed from what god intended yeah man and then i think it's the distraction it is that slow twisting um that is kind of leading us down this road as a church yeah, that's, that's good so good that's good. There's a story about the empty self where yeah. um, I think J.P. Moreland attends this high school presentation where yeah. the kids get up and tell the reason why they will not do drugs or they'll yeah, stay the off dare, drugs. Remember the yeah. old D.A.R.E. program? Yeah. yeah. And he says, um, I bet you one thing, I bet you every kid gets up there and tells a story while they won't do drugs because of a self yeah. reason as opposed to their mm. family, their community, yeah. their city. And so I think another good thing is to you know, when you think about politics and um, the gender thing and everyone is wanting what's what they want yeah. and based on their needs, their own desires right. and not for the flourishing of the common, of good. The common good of man. Yeah. And so that's another good reminder that, yeah, you know, um, let's get our eyes off ourselves yeah. a little bit and really think of what we want to leave for the next generation for sure. when we're gone. So that's good. Baby. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah, what you got. I think part of, part of the apathy you were talking about too, you know, you could live in a bubble of Christianity and say, man, we've got these pastors that have millions of views and millions of subscribers and man, the church is doing fine. Like it's yeah. fine. Like everybody yeah. just relax. Like it's fine. And I think that attitude could be even more dangerous. Yeah, and yeah. Like, your message about like, no, it's actually pretty bad and we need to wake up. And I think it's that, that distraction and that apathy could come because you could like, if you kids go to Christian school and you go to church and maybe work at a church like I do, like you could kind of close your eyes to everything that's happening and say like, no, it's we're, we're fine. Like the church is doing good and we're prospering, but it's actually not the case. And especially if you look at the world, the global stage. And so that waking up, I think. Yeah. do that well. And so maybe we'll just end this way. Like in Nerva, you were saying, you know, where do you start? And I think if you're, if, you know, if you're hearing this and you go back and listen to the message, we say this in the message and we said it already today, but I just want to remind you, our resource page, 
give some nice starting points, you know, just start kind of like you would do anything else. You know, I, I was, I was working on this bus renovation. I just got on YouTube and I'd look up, you know, different bus renovation. After a while you get familiar with whatever topic. And I think if you look on these resource pages, kind of just spend some time looking around the websites, looking at the podcast they offer, the, the YouTube channels they have, um, find, find kind of what hits you, your interest and maybe start there. Um, and I know for, even for nervous, you've, I mean, really, really, I've, I've watched you grow and take steps forward in this and in our marriage and it's been (laughs) still not as passionate as where you are, but no, no, it's been so helpful and so eye opening. And now when I follow the news or different movies, I can, I can see what's at work. Sometimes I can spot agendas and things that are trying to penetrate. And one, one admonition to. As you look up those resources, if you find yourself on YouTube and you're looking up William Lane Craig or some of these other Christian apologists, you're going to see videos on the opposite side yep. debunking this argument, or you're going to yep. see Richard Dawkins, Lawrence Krauss speaking against it. Yeah. And I would just warn: it's not bad to watch those things, but you have to have a foundation of knowledge to yep. know why there might be bad arguments out there. And if For you sure. find yourself down a rabbit hole hearing <laughs> a bunch of atheists yeah. talk about Christianity, it might be difficult to pull yourself out with those mm, knowledge you have. Good. And so I would say, you know, hang out on those sites yeah. that are on the resources page in the training side. Yeah, yeah. Once you have progressed in that and have a foundation, then maybe you could hear some of the arguments on the opposite side and know why they're bad arguments. That's good. And don't just jump to that and say it's like, sort of like those. I don't know. I haven't played video games since the dark ages, but. <laughs> You know when they had when you when you have a new video and they have the training menu. Do they still right. have those? Yeah, they got but like some you usually want to skip it. Just go to the jump, right, jump right. in like on uh, Golden Eye or something, get crushed. <laughs> and honestly, that's what will happen because you really have to have some foundational tools to wade through the arguments. And there's so many right. bad ones on YouTube on, and so many people that are just angry by these that's Christian right. apologists. But I think uh, Stephen's dead on with that. I would I would stick at first. I would learn some some basic tools and write us as well if you're interested and you're yeah. like, what are some of those basic things um kind of the fundamentals like basketball you know you got the people out there they want to run out there and start dunking and and shooting <laughs> steph curry threes from half court and they don't have any of the fundamentals right. and they you know when they, if they get in the game they get just stomped and so right, right. the first thing you want to learn is the fundamentals and so i would point you to defenders podcast on reasonablefaith.org right. that it's 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 like four years worth of material yeah but you can throw that stuff on, man, when you're driving, when you're uh, working out. And I'm telling you, man, I've, I've went through those things a few times and it's been as, as great or even better than most, uh, the college stuff I've ever gotten. So, um, yeah, start there and, and hit us up with questions, anything you have. And yeah, we'll be happy to, to engage and interact. Yeah. And so you can email us directly podcast at freemind.fm and we're on all the social networks, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is at freemind.fm. And you can also go to the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash freemindpodcastfm. Uh, or you could just search for uh, Free Mind Podcast in Facebook itself. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Come on, come on. Come on, come on.